You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Mosey, your host today, coming at you from the studio in downtown Fargo between the railroad tracks and the cathedral. That's where we are, the Meadowlark Building. I'd like to welcome Father Shannon Bouquet to the show. Welcome, Father. Well, thank you, Tim. It's great to be with you and your audience once again. You betcha. Father is president of Human Life International, a busy, busy guy. We try to have him on once a month, but he was he was out and about last month, so we weren't able to do that. But I was so happy to have you back, Father. Thanks again so much for, for spending some time with us. You know, when I when I look at headlines, Father, I always, I, I can't help myself. I look at a headline, I go, okay, you know, what's going to happen here? And right now, when we look at uh, LGBT transgender issues, I'll be honest, most of the time it's like, okay, some other country, some other whatever it is, right, has has kind of bought into this, right? And, you know, and again, we, we never uh, we never ridicule people. We don't, you know, we don't um, unjustly discriminate, but we do have to speak the truth. And I was heartened when I saw what had happened over in Italy just recently. Why don't you share that with our listeners and the importance of what, what's happening there? Sure. With, you know, for our audience that may, may be familiar or maybe not, it was called the Zan Bill. It was a uh, a bill being pushed uh, through the uh, Senate in Italy to consider uh, the uh, one promoting, endorsing, and also uh, putting in some criminal uh, penalties for those that would not uh, support the LBGT agenda or the transgender agenda. And uh, also that agenda would include, you know, making sure that you know, certain curricula are introduced into the school systems. Uh, there was going to be a, you know, a, a transphobia uh, day, in a sense, or a transgender day, you know, where people had to, you know, kind of celebrate this uh, this lifestyle. And, you know, finally, you know, the the reality came to bear when all these things began to be uh, publicized and people became more familiar with what was being pushed and promulgated and the penalties and the um, that were going to uh, come with this bill if it was passed into law. And obviously, we also know, uh, for those that have been keeping up with the read, that the Vatican actually intervened uh, for what we know to be the first time. Now, there could be other moments called the Lateran Pact, but um, we, we know that, uh, that the Vatican did intervene, uh, voicing concern with regard to this bill, uh, particularly the way that it was written, where schools would have to augment their curricula, include this various agenda in the curricula, and so this would be obviously affect not only the secular schools and, and public schools, but it would impact Catholic school systems. And so this would have a far wide-reaching impact. So by the Vatican raising concern, this elevated the conversation, brought it into the public forum even more so, uh, which allowed um, people to be in touch with their senators. And so we saw uh, the about 154 to 131 um, that uh, the 154 opposing and actually squashing this bill and removing it from being brought forth. So it's it's a great witness to the power of the state to do the good. Mm-hmm. If we know we see so often the power of the state to promote evil, to uh, endorse evil, and as I wrote in my column, you know we know that law can have a dual edge. A law can be both protective, and it also can be obviously you know it can criminal uh, can uh, legalize an agenda, a belief, 
that can actually become widespread and cause great harm to culture and society, as we here in the United States know with the legalization of abortion, what we've seen with regard to the legalization of same-sex unions, and obviously what we see right now uh, with the, uh, the, the so-called woke culture and the pushing of transgenderism. And, you know, so it's great to see a country, you know, uh, again, the margins are not great. We, I mean, there's nothing to, you know, celebrate with great euphoria, but it, it does show that when the truth comes forward, when our church leaders stand forward, when civil leaders stand up, and, and people, you know, unite in a cause that good can be promoted. We can, you know, uh, prevent evil from affecting our children, our school systems, our society, our culture. So I, I think it's a great, it's, it's, in this day and age, we need some encouragement. Uh, and now, uh, as our audience knows full well, that doesn't mean that this has gone away. It doesn't mean that they won't try again. It doesn't mean that they're not going to attempt another path. Uh, we know they will. And uh, we just know their agenda. We've seen it too often. But uh, and they work through the court systems, and when they can't get the uh, legislator to do what they want, then they, they attack it through the, the legal system. And we've already seen that with Roe v. Wade in our own country, where, you know, the majority of the justices imposed upon this nation uh, a crime and wish us to endorse it and to live by it. So we, we know what happens. So we can't let our guard down. We, we have to be vigilant and uh, to always be persistent. Mm -hmm. We're talking with Father Shannon Bouquet of Human Life International, HLI, about the defeat of this ZAN bill over in Italy. Again, encouraging, but like Father said, we always have to be on guard. You know, a couple of things come to mind, Father. You know, I, I'm a guy, I like uh, alliteration and things that rhyme. So after reading a column, I, I got four rhyming words, and it's, it all kind of goes with the slippery slope, you know, of, because once you accept something, so it's legislate. Then we, quote-unquote, need to celebrate and, quote-unquote, need to educate and, quote-unquote, mandate. So the bottom line is people who speak of, you know, uh, objective facts such as male and femaleness, uh, it can be called hate speech, you know, and, and this was the danger. Right? Maybe talk a little bit about that, how that slope goes and how things that are objectively true can be called, quote-unquote, hate speech uh, as, as we go forward. Sure. I mean, I think, I mean, obviously, you know, as I just mentioned, you know, when we have from above, from, from uh, a system, from our state, from government, from, uh, you know, imposing what I would call, quote-unquote, a value. And so what we see right now is we know that within the, the voice of, of the system, we see a push to, to endorse, to promote, to advance agendas that not only go against our Judeo-Christian root, but, you know, centuries, you know, of, of belief about the dignity of the person, the, uh, the sacredness of, of life, uh, the beauty of what it means to be male and female, and to recognize, you know, uh, as Pope Francis would even say, what our own eyes perceive, and the idea that, you know, we, we, they're, they're wanting us to endorse an illusion and to endorse a position or an ideology or an agenda and not just to endorse it, they want us to, they're, they're forcing, so that if you don't comply, then you suffer the penalty of uh, one being labeled as a promoter of hate, you're discriminating against this, this individual or this particular group, um, if you happen to be a business owner, you can be penalized by the state, you know, for an act of discrimination, uh, you can serve, possibly a, a pay a fine, you might even serve a jail sentence. So what they've done is they're in not only just saying, I love how the, the, those who are promoting these agendas 
say that we're just looking, you know, so that people are not discriminated against. Well, the Church is very clear that we don't discriminate against individuals, and the Church's teaching is very, very clear on this matter. And at the same time, she's quite clear. Now, I'm going to read something that I wrote that I think might help our audience. This is written by uh, then uh, Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, uh, one in the CDF. He says, including homosexual orientation among the considerations on the basis of which it is illegal to discriminate, can easily lead to regarding homosexuality as a positive source of human rights. For example, in respect to so-called affirmative action or preferential treatment in hiring practices. Now, if I read the whole statement, that's from number 10 of this document, but if I read it all and just follow it through, so the idea that, one, no, we do not discriminate against individuals. We do not mistreat. We do not malign. We do not publicly humiliate. We do nothing of that nature. That would be wrong. It would be disrespectful to the dignity of each and every individual. However, it also comes with the fact that we stand for truth. We stand for the dignity that is revealed to us and that we know in, in the beauty of what it means to be male, biologically male, biologically female. And we, we are not to pretend that these, this reality does not exist, and that we are not to pretend and to endorse this understanding, this illusion that they want us to buy into. And if we just allow these, these bills and eventually these stands to become inaugurated, then what we, we're being done now is it does change culture. It changes our understanding, and they know this. This is why they're pushing from this level, because they're trying to change the culture. They're trying to change the understanding. And what's interesting is that we're talking about a very small percentage of our population, a very small percentage that is governing this conversation. And, you know, and this is where, again, it's, it's great to see, like in the Zan uh, Bill uh, conversation, to see so many people rising you know, to talk about this, to discuss this issue, and being willing to stand up in the public forum and denounce this illusion, this false agenda. You know, we saw this in Virginia, you know, recently, you know, where HLI is located. You know, I know our audience may be familiar with this case, you know, where this uh, uh, young man who believes himself to be a girl, you know, a transgender, you know, is, enters into a, a girl's bathroom, and he rapes one of these young ladies. And then the school board tries to cover it up and moves this young man to another school where he does it again. And then basically tries to denounce the father of the first girl who stands up to confront the situation. And, and, and basically, what do we have? You know, and it, if it wouldn't have been for, you know, more people coming forward, the documents the father had, and coming into the public forum, that school board would have continued to succeed in protecting, you know, this young man who's got serious problems and rejecting the fact that these two girls have been violated. This is criminal. And, and so this is what we have to recognize that we're, we're dealing with. And, you know, we can't just, you know, put our head in the sand and pretend or, or ignore these issues, you know. And this is why, I, again, I would say that this situation in Italy raises all of us to the ability to say, okay, we can overcome this. We can fight against this. We can, you know, deal with these issues. And we can, you know, bring these agendas, you know, down in the sense of not allowing them to move forward. And, you know, and I, I think it's so important for our audience, you know, to be thinking to themselves, okay, what do I need to do? How can I get more involved? Do I become, how do I become more knowledgeable of these issues? How do I articulate these issues? How do I, uh, you know, 
whatever my skills are, whatever my ability uh, may be, how do I bring those to bear? I think it's so important that none of us see ourselves as a sideliner. We're all in the game. We all have something to, to lose here, especially our young people, our children, you know, who are being indoctrinated and inculcated in these agendas in the universities, the school systems, and being protected by legal systems, like the school board here who put together a, a transgender uh, policy, and then basically in order to, uh, to, to, to keep it going, they deny what this young man has done. But what about those two girls? What about those two young women who were violated? What about their rights? What about them? And, and those are being ignored. Now they're finally, you know, it's come to bear. So uh, I think it's uh, very important. We're talking with Father Shannon Bouquet here about uh, some issues uh, centered around transgenderism, LGBT, that type of thing. And again, you, you put it so well, Father. We want to, again, remind our listeners, we in no way do we, do we berate these people. We don't vilify them. We simply say that, okay, wait a minute. This is an objective, observable, unchangeable characteristic that you want to self-identify against. And I think that's one of the big things. Maybe talk for a minute, Father, if you would, here before the break about um, the whole idea of objective, immutable, unchangeable characteristics that, but, and, and con- contrast that with voluntary behaviors that people want to do you know, against that. Well, you know, Tim, you just really just said it perfectly. I mean, we're talking about something that is a voluntary act. It's a voluntary behavior. A person chooses, you know, to respond in a certain manner, chooses a certain lifestyle, chooses to, to, uh, to act sexually in a particular manner. And, and I think what's happened is we've allowed the narrative of the promoters of the ideologies and agendas to tell us that this is not true. That you know that that you know we have to realize that many as Pope Benedict talked about many times, then even as Cardinal uh, Ratzinger, that you know many of our brothers and sisters struggle with issues of life. Many of our brothers and sisters struggles uh, struggle with various issues of human sexuality, and there are many reasons why. And uh, that we don't have time to get into them. It can be from environmental issues. It could be from abuse issues. It could be from the lack of maturity in the sense of not uh, in raising a, in a stable family. There are so many reasons why people are are uh, are leaning towards a certain behavior. And what's important is these are the things that we should be focused on. How can we assist in these matters? How can we be of help, you know, to people who may have these various struggles, these various propensities, and so forth. And but not endorsing the behavior, not promoting the behavior, and realizing that you know the what we can observe with our own eyes, what is a permanent character, what is indeed objective, we can we can uh, we've always recognized, we've always upheld as society, we've always had you know within our civil societies different you know uh, uh, aberrations and various behaviors issues that we've always dealt with, but now all of a sudden we're being told that these are are to be not only accepted, but to be received, to be celebrated, as you said earlier, and to be literally inculcated into our lives. And I'm supposed to just sit there and say, oh, yes, this is absolutely real. And no, this is where our trouble begins. And so we have to return to an objective conversation where we know from a scientific point of view, from also from what we understand of the human person, that you know, that we are male and female, and that there's a complementary, you know, complementarity between being male and female, and only by these two expressions coming together as one in the sacrament of marriage 
can we have the beautiful gift of human life? But then again, because of the legal system and because of all the issues that we're facing, now we see the other side of the equation where we have, uh, through in vitro fertilization, another issue that we can deal with at a later time, but now we have children being, you know, you know fabricated and, and created, you know, in scientific laboratories so that people of same-sex union can now have access to children and so forth. So you, we can see that the progression of this doesn't end. It continues, as you mentioned earlier, Tim, down to a slippery slope, the slope that never ends because the, the, we, we find another way, you know, to, to further advance these agendas. Uh, and so I think it's good for our audience to continue to, to, to read, to understand, uh, and, to, and to be prepared to really fight, especially our parents who are listening, to know what's going on in your school systems, to know what your school board may or may not be promoting and I will tell you that I hear stories from around our country, and so many of our parents, our grandparents, uh, our, our civil and, and local leaders, church leaders, are unfamiliar with what our school boards are doing because they've been able to hide these agendas and these curricula, and, being, and our children are being told not to talk about it, not to uh, discuss it with their parents. It's being kept hidden. So we, we have to be really diligent here, and we have to really take the lead and, and find out what's happening, but be prepared for the battle, like this father did here in Virginia. you got to be prepared to fight the good fight. Absolutely. We're talking with Father Shannon Bouquet from Human Life International. A couple things come to mind. And, and again, you said it so well, Father. If every one of us, you know, we're not just picking on people who want to, for instance, if you're a, a male or self-identify as a female, we're saying that every single one of us, you and me included, Father, we have a fallen human nature, fallen but redeemed. But the problem is all of us are tempted to something. Maybe it's robbery. Maybe it's fornication. Maybe it's adultery. I mean, you name it. Every single one of us has things that are not good for our flourishing or for the common good. And all we're saying is, we can't allow these things, as you mentioned, to be legalized, to be celebrated, to, you know, to be mandated, because it's not good for that individual person or good for our society as a whole. Amen. And that's what Pope Benedict says, and if I were to finish that earlier quote, that it's also, you know, for the good of, of others. Yeah, we, have to, yeah. we stand for the truth because it's, it's also for their good. So it's Amen. not like I'm, I'm oh, better than thou. We're, we're standing because there is a common source of truth that is good for both of us, for me included as mm -hmm. well as for every other individual, and, and that's what's so important for us. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, you also mentioned, you know, the, the manufacturing of, of, of children. You know, just one simple thing that I would like to point out to our listeners, and I think you've pointed out many times as well, what contraception does, it says we can have that marital quote-unquote act, that sexual act without children, and then IVF says we can have children without that act. And when we start taking that act, and the fruit of that act was his children out of this loving husband and wife image of God relationship. Well, we dehumanize and devalue the, the worth of the human person. That's correct. And we also, in the words of, you know, Archbishop Chaput and many others who have spoken about the issue of transgenderism, you know, it's also an assault and affront on God, yeah. you know, who has made us male and female, who is sharing in his own dignity and in whose image we have been made. And, and, you know, and so it, it really is, it's an affront to us as human beings with, with innate and, and, and beautiful, immutable dignity. It's, it's an affront against God, you know, in whose image we have been made. And, it, you know, in, in the harm that it does to individuals and what it also does to, to society and to our culture. 
And, you know, it's interesting today being the great memorial of St. Leo the Great, you know, one of the things in standing against Manichaeism and Pelagianism, you know, in, in, in the issues that were, he was dealing with, it was people trying to silence the voice of the Church, which had an in, in, was imparting value to culture. And we see the same thing today, right? We, we see where people are trying, hey, Tim, stop talking about this. We're going to take you off the air. We're going we're gonna to take real presence uh, license away from you if you keep talking about these issues. You know, if you don't endorse our narrative, we're coming after you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so this is what we're up against. And we have to realize it's intimidating, you know. Uh, they, it's very frightening to know that those, the elite, that very small 1% to 2% of our country, are really the ones that are guiding this. They're the ones that are inaugurating this. They're the ones that are enforcing it. And, you know, but guess what? They're 2%. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, maybe our, we all need to go back and do a little bit math. You know, <laughs> 98, 97% of us are in charge here. We've, we've allowed these people to do exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so we need to stand up against this, and we need to, to, to be clear you know, and no, none of us, and I, again, it's just good for our audience, and I know our audience is with us on this, we are not in any way endorsing any misgiving or any mistreatment of any individual, and anyone who does that, you know, that's wrong. And, and we, the Church does not endorse that. At the same time, we, have not to, we should not be afraid to get up in the public forum and denounce a behavior, a way of life, a ideology, an agenda that is completely contradictory to the dignity of the human person. We should not be afraid of that. And, uh, and with that, we should be ready to accept the, 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 the wounds that are going to come with that. And, I mean, when Archbishop Chaput got up and said what he said and wrote what he wrote uh, about this issue, I mean, the, the media was just unbelievable, you know, but he fought the good fight. And we have many other of our shepherds and many good civil lay faithful doing the same thing, like you're doing, Tim. You know, you're on the radio, and yep. guess what? You know, that's recorded. You know, that's people right. can come back and catch that message and, and put it on the air in another way and tweak your words and twist them, and, mm-hmm. you know, and here you are now dealing with a lawsuit. I mean, these are things that they're using, but we know the truth. We, we, we own that truth, not in the sense of, a, of an arrogance, but that truth is, is here. We need to, to, to claim it and to profess it. We sure do. We're talking with Father Shannon Bouquet. And then just one little comment before we take our break. Again, I just want to emphasize for our listeners, everything Father and I are talking about, if there's one word you want to couch it in, it's love. Because when we are living in accord with our nature, male, female, the truths of marriage, sexuality, children, life, all these things, it's like like tomatoes, right? What's the nature of a tomato? It needs sun, it needs soil, it needs water. If I put a tomato in my closet and say, I want to do it this way, my tomato's not going to flourish. When we treat things, plants, animals, human beings, in accord with their nature, then we have flourishing. That's all we're saying. We're speaking the truth in love. We all want to flourish. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll continue with some good news with Father Shannon Bouquet. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, 
We want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA, or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director at Riverview Place Senior Living Community in Fargo. For over 35 years, we've been honored to nourish our residents in mind, body, and spirit. We offer a full calendar of activities, events, and faith-based programming, and the best food in town. Our independent and assisted living residents thrive in our warm, comfortable, and compassionate community. We'd love to meet you. Call Marin or Katie today at 701-237-4700 to line up a tour. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Tim Mosier, your host here. Stories of faith and hope. Yes, indeed. We're talking with Father Shannon Bouquet, Human Life International, the director there, about uh, great things. We've been talking about the transgender issues, and they are kind of front and center. But uh, we're going to give you guys some hope. You know, there have been two things that have happened recently in regards to advancing the dignity of human life. Uh, kind of two different approaches, and there's a great promise for each one of them, and also some challenges for each one. Why don't you give our listeners that hope, Father, and explain these two situations, these two things, and, and, and some of the hope we have. Sure. I mean, and so, you know, Tim, you know, kind of picking up what, you, what we ended the last segment with, and that was this beautiful power, this, this, this transformative power of love. Mm-hmm. And, and so what we see today, you know, happening with the heartbeat law in Texas and the Dobbs case out of Mississippi, but, you know, we look at those two, but we need to put them in context. You know, we've seen, you know, uh, a number of cases, a number of bills become law in various states trying to, um, to limit you know, the, 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 the confines of Roe v. Wade, trying to, one, on the, in the invested interest of the state, to protect their own children, to protect their families. And so a number of states, through their legislatures and through their governors, have really promoted some very good law and some, in a sense, of the good of the state. Unfortunately, because of the uh, Roe v. Wade and because of other cases and precedent, you know, we've not seen any of these things able to be defended in the Supreme Court in the sense of being upheld. So we, any limitation to abortion has been undermined, you know, by the Roe v. Wade. So what we have right now are two cases, both very unique. And so the, the case of the heartbeat law, which we've all heard of heartbeat laws, you know, we have a number of uh, states that have tried to pass them, have passed them, 
but they have been brought down by by uh, federal courts and by the Supreme Court. This case, which is very complex, and I would encourage our readers, there are a number, and maybe, Tim, maybe on from your, the website, and maybe on you can always bring these um, some of these wonderful websites to bear when there's more time to talk about them, that can guide our listeners, you know, to read more about these laws, to read what's happening, so that they can see the complexity of the heartbeat law, which is dealing with the issue of law. It's dealing with federal, state law, and it's, it's really addressing it from a different angle in the, trying to protect Texas citizens, the unborn. And, and so a very unique way of approaching this. And for anyone that's kind of followed some of the comments of the uh, hearing before the Supreme Court, you saw some of the justices asking, you know, very, uh, or making observations on various aspects of that law. Whereas in Mississippi, what we have now is a very clear uh, fundamental challenge to that issue of Roe v. Wade to this, the fact that the state has a vested interest in protecting its citizens and in doing so looking at the issue of viability, looking at the issue uh, from all that we've known from what we can know from our science and all of our listeners. I mean, I know that we all believe that life begins at the moment of conception until it's natural in, and we are to protect that life and love that life and to, and to really defend that life. And so none of us, by any of our conversations, when we talk about heartbeat laws, at six weeks or 13 weeks or whatever the number may be, or in Mississippi where we're looking at something at 14 to 15 weeks. And, you know, of course, in Louisiana, where I'm from, we've also, you know, had a case that was brought down, you know, by the Supreme Court last year or a year and a half ago. Uh, I forget the time frame. But, you know, we, we in Mississippi, what they're looking at here now is trying to get the, the court and with, uh, to look at the issue of viability. We know what science has taught us. We know what we can observe through that. Through, uh, and so if we can, again, bring down where we can start whittling down at that unlimited use of, of abortion, you know, unlimited in the sense of access, and, and begin to say, no, there is a line. And, you know, even most Americans, in a, you know, are, are in agreement that, you know, they have an issue with this last trimester issue. They, they really are struggling. We should struggle at every level, of course, right? So, yeah. But to see that, that this, this case in Mississippi being heard on December the 1st, I would encourage the audience, one, to be familiar with the case, to pray for the justices, to pray for the, 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 the legal counsel that is going to represent the state, that they would be articulate, clear, and uh, that their words will be truly heard and that their their arguments will be uh, will be logical and and uh, and people can grab hold of it and see the, the precedent uh, and the challenge that they're bringing before the court, and that the court will will recognize. I do believe we have an opportunity here, uh, and it's very interesting. And I know that we're running out of our time for our day, and but you know, every day that that heartbeat law is is allowed to continue in Texas, thousands of lives are being saved every day. Not only the lives of the baby, the unborn child, but their mothers from a lifetime of regret, their families, our society. And so we are very grateful, and I'm still hopeful that maybe some parts of that law may be upheld. I would love the whole thing to be upheld, but I'm hopeful that aspects of it may be able to, to, be, uh, to, to be upheld. In Mississippi, I think many of us are very hopeful uh, that uh, based upon what we're seeing and uh, the court's comments uh, that we've seen thus far, that um, that this case does have an opportunity, you know, to challenge the fundamental principle of Roe v. Wade. 
So I, I would ask our audience, you know, all of us, you know, to 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 pray for this, to uh, offer uh, uh, some type of penance in a sense of prayer, uh, uh, some type of fasting. You know, we need to pray and fast. Uh, we need for those of us who are Catholic listeners, you know, send an hour in adoration to our our Christian brothers and sisters listening. You know, some form of of, of prayer and offering that you can do. All of us, our Jewish brothers and sisters, I mean, we're not alone in this. I mean, it's, it's just not a Catholic issue. This is a human issue, and, and, and so many people are involved in this. So it's a, I think we have a, a very good moment. So uh, I, at the same time, we know human nature, Tim. You talked about it earlier. It's wounded. It's bruised. And, and because of that, we, you know, we know this can also go in a different direction. But I, we have to bombard heaven. We have to bombard uh, and, and make people aware uh, get people more knowledgeable, more uh, aware of what's happening, have them call their legislatures, have them call their, 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 their delegates, you know, get in touch with uh, people in the Senate that are on our side, you know, you know, it's bombard, you know, every way we can to, to voice our concern and, uh, and have the court really hear, you know, this case and, and be open, you know, to recognize the bad precedent, the bad law that Israel be weighed. Yes. Father Shannon Bouquet, thank you again so much. Human Life International, it's always a wonderful uh, period of time when we uh, are able to speak with you. And again, we just want to emphasize again, Father and I, love, love, love. One of the best things you can do, treat everyone, every person with respect and love. This is ultimately going to be one with hearts and minds through love. And when we talk, especially we're talking with someone about a pro-life or pro-choice, when they lead this conversation knowing that that person cared about me, they loved me, that is going to have an impact. Father, thank you so much for your time. God bless you. We look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you, Tim. And you have a great, great day and to your audience as well. Wonderful, Father Shannon Bouquet. Thanks so much. Up next, why is it important for us to grow in our understanding of sacred music? We'll be talking about this next on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every, every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Mm-hmm. 